Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. recently got, quote, awarded a best of post in a particular Reddit community for the year. And I pointed out in the, uh, in the award post that they made what they meant or what I thought they meant by, quote, best, uh, which in that case was, was actually kind of unknown because they didn't they didn't ever say how they were the, the moderators, the, the owners of the community, which I was not one, and, and they weren't transparent at all about how they were picking these. Um, so I said it was selected by a, a small group of uh, regulars on the community were the ones who just decided that it was, quote, the best. And then one of them responded, well, that's one way of looking at it. And I'm like, well, you didn't give us another way of looking at it, so I'm just guessing. And that reminds me of some other things that uh, people have been recently talking about that I've heard, um, partly related to things like art. Um, like, what is the best art? My my buddy Peter, Peter Draws, just did a video on... Um, on like the top, the top ten women pieces of women's art, art that women have done, um, and he just did you know something like best art by women or something like that uh, in his Google search, and then just picked the top ten to to review, um, which is fine. I mean, it's just you know he knows it's a kind of random way of doing it, um, but it it reminds me that you know what that, that some people actually think. Um, best applies to art, you know, in some ways. And, and this brings me to looking at things in a way that, um, that computer algorithms look at it because we're talking about bias so much these days. Um, not just in human circles. I mean, there's a lot of talk about bias in human, you know, relationships and in human communities. Um, but there's also a lot of talk currently about bias in, quote, AI, artificial intelligence research, or what is really more of 
the algorithms that are going into these different computers as far as machine learning and um, and just sort of programming computers to assess information, assess data, take in, you know, huge swaths of, of massive um, databases with, you know, everything from photographs to, you know, spoken word, you know, and analyzing these things to sort of bring out patterns. And, you know, you know everything from the medical industry looking for tumors, assessing, um, I saw something about assessing I think it was speech to decide if someone was uh, getting Alzheimer's or maybe was not getting enough sleep. And I thought something about handwriting, where you could assess the handwriting to see not just people's you know ages and genders and personalities, but also possibly for um, you know like Parkinson's disease is sort of an obvious one, but you know lots of different things that you can analyze the data of these, you know, you, you put in a whole lot of data and they can find patterns. But the question is, if we, if we're not careful, we can get, the computers can output, you know, an answer, you know, we ask it a question and then it comes up with an answer. And if we take that answer too broadly, um, too if we if we make an assumption that the the computer is going to answer it in the same way that we were asking the question or in the way that we wanted to ask the question and that we thought we were asking the question then we're probably going to get confused for example in a machine learning process what the um, what the computer does is it gives weights to the different um like if it's trying to assess data to decide, well, the, the classic one that we see most often um, at the beginning stages of, of computer machine learning is uh, handwriting, uh, not handwriting analysis, but handwritten letters um, and numbers. And so it has, the computer has to decide, is that a six or is that a, you know, something else? Is that a seven or is that a one? Those are more easily confused. Um, is that a five or is that an S? Things like that. And so the computer has all of these handwritten, you know, shapes that it's looking at, and it has to assess whether something is closer to one than the other. And so it has these these percentaged weighted, um, you know, values for each one. It's, you know. Is this an S? You know, it's maybe a 40% likely that it's an S and maybe a 60% likely likelihood that it's a five, for example. You know, the, the, there's more of a, you know, it's, it's less curved than it should be for an S or it's too more curved than it should be for a five. And so it weights the things. It gives them a value that's a percentage, that it's not yes or no, it's, you know, maybe this, more this than this, for example. And it adds up all of those different values to decide whether, you know, what's this, what the answer is. So we're giving it a yes or no answer, an yes or no question, but it doesn't, you know, there's no way for it to give you a yes or no answer. So it, it weights things and says, most likely 
it appears to be this. But that's not what we ask the computer to do when it outputs the information. We're asking it for a very simple yes or no question, yes or no answer. And so if we're making these assumptions about the questions that we're asking as compared to the questions we're actually asking, we end up confused. We end up thinking that either the computer is stupid because it says, it says this is a five when it's clearly an S because it's in the middle of a word. But what about situations where uh, we do put numbers in the middle of words? For example, I know I've seen people use the word David, say the name David, but spell it D-A-5-I-D, um, which sort of makes sense, but it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's not a logical, sensical thing. It's just one of these weird creative things that humans do. And so... If we tell the computer you can only you can you can only ever have numbers separate from letters, then it's going to think that that five in the middle of the word of the letter date. I mean the the name David is an is an S, which would be D A S I D, which is clearly not what it means. That's even further from the V that's supposed to be there. Um, so we have to be very very careful in what we're at looking at what the best means when we're looking at uh, analyzing things and putting values on things that we realize that both the question where the specific question we're asking is relevant is important to know and the fact that the answer is almost never going to be actually purely 100% one thing or 0% that thing it's going to be some percentage in the middle, you know, whether that's 99.9% or whether that's 0.05% or 50%. Um, it really makes a difference to notice that percentage. So the two things I sort of, I think are very important that we, we start talking about um, when it relates to you know, valuing things and talking about what's important to us and how we're going to do things using information, how we're going to apply all these massive data banks of information that we're collecting, which is fantastic that we're getting all this information, we're able to analyze it for patterns that can help us solve problems so well. You know, again, from, from detection of diseases to understanding understanding things like how to how to learn languages how to uh, oh I don't know just just so many things that we're asking these huge databases of collecting information and we're looking for patterns to understand things better so that we can work with them more easily and we can find solutions more quickly and find solutions that we might never have seen ourselves because of our own biases and our own ways of asking questions because the computers ask the computers answer questions and go about solving problems in ways that are different from humans which is why you know we're not trying to make computers exactly like humans uh, our brains are different and they're going to be different because they're going to do things in different ways we still want similar approaches of problem solving with effective solutions, um, but we're, all, we're going to go about it in different ways 
than computers do. You know, and individual humans obviously go about answering questions in different ways. And one of the great things is that we can combine our answers. We can combine our processes, each individual personality type and information sets uh, that we're all using, the different ones. We can combine our abilities to find even better answers to problems, which is why, you know, they always said, Two heads are better than one. Why would you want two opinions or more when you're trying to solve a problem and, you know, there's something really important that you need to figure out? You know, you want to get different opinions on them. You want to get advice from multiple types of individuals. And that way, you're still not going to find the, quote, best in any super general sense. There's no best post on that community in the reddit community there's there's no best one it's best for what purpose serving what needs um you know is it the most popular post that that most people or that the most the largest number of individuals found useful is it the post that inspired the most discussion is it the post that brought the most novel piece of information into the community or was it a post that just made everyone feel good you know there are lots of different purposes for uh, you know starting a conversation for example and each one of those has its own valuation you know some posts may be fantastic and maybe maybe pe- making people feel good or inspiring people uh, but they're terrible at inciting conversation. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we agree on that. That's cute, or that's amazing, but it doesn't apply to anything important in our lives, and we're not going to do anything about it. We just appreciate it. And so we're not going to talk about it. And then there are the discussions, for example, that no one agrees on, but inspires a lot of conversation. And gives people an opportunity to share their own perspective. And so people learn all of the different perspectives, but you know, it might not have gotten any popularity. It might be very low popular as far as you know, people supporting it and appreciating the post itself. So when someone, when someone says, this is the best, you can say, at what? For what purpose? What is it serving in this exceptional way? Like most everything is really good at something. Like most everything you look at does something well. So almost everything is like this table. This table is be, is is the is a an excellent table in a sense of being having a lot of space. It's a very it's a it's an almost circular table, but it has a leaf in the middle. Uh, so it probably was a circular table, but there's a leaf in the middle of it. So it's one of those tables that you'd want to have like dinner on, you know, with a bunch of people. You'd have a little bit of a party, but it's not so good for, say, uh, talking to people on the other side of the table because they're pretty far apart from like one one end of the table is you know several. Like, it's, a, it's pretty long to the other side of the table. So it's not like I'm going to have a conversation with them without shouting. So this table is best at having lots of space for a whole lot of people to sit around. 
and, you know, put things on the table and use the table and put like dishes in the middle of it so that they can serve themselves easily. Everyone sort of accesses the middle of the table very well, but the other end of the table is hard to reach. So that's what it's best for. It's not, however, best for, say, having a good face-to-face discussion with everyone. You know, a different kind of shape might be good for that. And that's something also that we need to pay attention to inside our heads as far as when we're assessing ourselves and others and their own approaches. So it's it's really important for us like there, there are a lot of discussions out there um, about bias in the news, for example, or, or fake news. I already talked about that in a previous podcast, but it's also important to realize, for example, there was, there was a bunch of discussion um, recently that I saw about, quote, anti-vaxxers and pro-vaxxers and how they're arguing with one another about the extremes of, you know, vaccines are always good. And if you don't get a vaccine, you're a psychotic, horrible person who should be killed and die of a horrible disease that you get. Um, and then, you know, the quote, anti-vaxxers are saying, well, you're all nuts and you're all going to hell and whatever. So there's a whole lot of extremes. And of course, there are many people in the middle who are neither extreme, you know, they're in the, sort of balanced, logical folks who are saying, well, clearly, you know, not all vaccines are great and not all vaccines are bad. You know, there's a level of quality to them. There's a level of usefulness to them. And, you know, that's important to look at each individual one and how well it serves its purpose and, you know, how safe it is and who's making it and how expensive it is and whether it's being done as a for-profit or a non-profit how transparent is the system that produces it? You know, just can we, can we account for all of the ingredients and make sure that they are, in fact, as safe as, you know, we want them to be? And if there are any allergies that people might have to these things, are we clearly labeling that and making that known that there are allergens in them and so on and so forth. So there's a whole lot of people in the middle who are just very reasonable about it and looking at it in a more scientific, rational way. But when you see the people who say, you know, only my view is right, only my view is good, then you have to realize that they're coming at it from a certain perspective with a certain question and a certain purpose that, yeah, for them, their view is the best view for whatever their purpose is, or at least they think it is, and maybe it isn't, but that's okay. You know, we all make mistakes, um, and we can help people learn, and we can help people get more information that they need to make better decisions if we do think they're missing some information. But attacking their position doesn't help, obviously. It just makes them angry. And when they're angry, they can't think logically. So that doesn't help. So when people say this article is biased, you know, this article is written by a pro-vaxxer. And so it's biased against, you know, it's, it's biased against everybody else. Uh, or this is written by an anti-vaxxer. And so this bi- it's biased. 
And they each say, well, my information is better. My information is more important. My information is higher quality. Your information is lower value. So I shouldn't have a balanced way of looking at things because some opinions are better than others. And so when we start thinking that way, when we start thinking that my opinion is better than someone else's, I mean, of course we want to think that. I mean, of course that makes sense that we've got all this information that we've looked at and we've made an assessment and made a decision. And however that decision is made, because we each make decisions in different ways, however that decision is made is is the way that we think is a good way of making decisions. You know, we've been given this information and we're assessing it as being good and true. And yes, so this is how we've decided this thing. And that's great. That's how it's supposed to be. You know, we each make our decisions. Like I said, you know, every brain, every computer, every thinking machine has its own process for valuing information and assessing it. But when we think that only our information is good, when we think that no other individuals could possibly have valuable information, then we sort of lose out because that means we're actually shutting down our ability to take in information that might be useful to us. So I'm not sure how we can go about being more open, but part of it does include the idea of understanding that the different questions that we're asking, the purposes that we have, the goals that we have, the reason we're trying to solve a problem, um, what do we want out of this, for what purpose, that when we clarify that, and then we look at somebody else, we can see that there are actually different purposes here. They're totally different things that people are trying to solve a problem. They're trying to, you know, they're, they're trying to accomplish something different, or they're trying to accomplish something in a way that works for someone who is different. You know, for example, someone who who has an allergy, you know, they have to pay more attention to things that go into their body. So they, they just, they're just more aware of that and they're more attentive to it and it's more important to them than someone who isn't allergic to, you know, anything particular that they know of. So while, while it's important to, to value our own decisions, it's important to know why we're asking the questions. What is the purpose that we're, we're trying to get this information and assess it? is the problem we're trying to solve or who are we trying to serve and once we can identify the why behind the what the what and the why behind what we're actually doing then we can ask someone else the what and the why and the how so that we can see that that you know we're in different paths we're just, we're just trying to do things in a different way and serve a slightly different purpose uh, we might still come to the same conclusion, or we might come to different conclusions, and that's fine because we're trying to do different things. You know, if I'm trying to go to the library and you're trying to go to the supermarket, we're probably going to go in different directions at some point. And that's absolutely, entirely, completely okay. I mean, we all understand that, but we need to understand that in a more 
ideological, political, religious, you know, that kind of level where, you know, the purposes of coming up with policies and beliefs and approaches, you know, sort of very general approaches to society are going to be different because we have different purposes. We have different reasons why we're doing things. So clarifying that is really, really important. Clarifying the, the problem we're trying to solve as well as the reason we're trying to solve it, and who we're trying to solve it for, and maybe even how we need to solve it, uh, is important to understand the different perspectives. And then, of course, adding to that the fact that everything is weighted, everything is a percentage, everything is assessed in a, a non-binary way, almost everything. There's almost nothing out there, certainly in the world of, you know, collective society of groups and organizations and, you know, how we structure things in our larger world. You know, none of that has a black or white answer. None of that has an all or nothing answer. It's almost always very muddy and fuzzy and probabilistic. So, even if we have a probabilistic number, we can also realize that our probabilistic number is going to be different from someone else's probabilistic number because of that initial you know, valuation of, of why we're asking the question. So what kinds of questions we're asking, being aware of what kinds of questions we're asking, and also being aware of the fact that the answers are never, ever black or white. They're Basic, it, again, when we're talking in a large-scale, you know, problem-solving situation of practical solutions to group dynamics and organizational structure of, of how we collaborate and compete and whatever we're doing, that those two things are just crucially important. Uh, and that's whether we're talking about humans or computers or whatever. Just understanding this process of assessing the best option is, is complicated and it depends on why we're asking the question and like what specific question we're actually asking and whether or not that question is the same question that someone else is asking and why they're asking and then realizing that there's no 100% or 0% answer, even if it looks like there is, even if it's coming out of a computer and the computer says X, you know, we know that beneath all of that, there's a whole lot of percentage, there's a whole lot of statistics and probability and guessing and weights and values that are, are not black or white, that are not all or nothing. So yeah, so I just wanted to sort of bring this up. This is a little bit of a a funny little thing, but I, I wanted to mention it because it just pops up in so many different areas of our life, uh, which makes sense. You know, it's important. It's an important thing, but it's such a, a weird little part of the process that doesn't get much attention, you know, because most of this stuff happens behind the scenes, even in the computers, you know, they, they it's sort of a black box, as they say, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of processing going on that we don't see we see the stuff that goes in the stuff that comes out in the middle we're like we have no idea what happened in the middle what was that how did you do that and the same thing happens with our own brains we don't 
we don't really know how they're working. We don't really know how the, the information comes in. We get that pretty well, but then what happens after that? You know, we don't really know. You know, there's a whole lot of connecting things, and sort of little little neurons talking to other neurons over here, and sort of saying, "Hey, hey, you." <laughs> And, and that's kind of as far as we really understand. I mean, you know, it gets a little more complicated than that. We know we know all about the chemistry and the physics and stuff like that, but we don't quite know how the brain makes the decisions that it makes, uh, or at least in general, for the, the general public, we don't know. So, uh, so it's important to realize that, that, that there is a whole lot of messiness and fuzziness going on in there. Uh, when, the, when we're making decisions, us decision makers and valuation and analyzers. So being aware of the fussiness and being aware of the diversity of the kinds of questions and the reasons why we're asking the questions uh, as part of, you know, just the natural diversity of individuals and their situations and what they're trying to do in their lives. Uh, being aware of these two things is, can be really helpful, I think. So if you have any thoughts, let me know. Uh, you can contact me at my email. It's thewiseturtle at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E at G-M-A-I-L.com. And you can also find me on Reddit as username turtle, T-U-R-I-L. And um, you can also just find my blog at... Uh, blog and podcast at turl, T-U-R-I-L dot org. And uh, I wish you well. I hope you have a wonderful problem-solving, messy, probabilistic valuation in your future. Namaste.